I think EMS at the end of the day is probably the most underappreciated of the first responders. These guys show up every day to someone's worst day. Again, obviously I've shown how much respect I have for the law enforcement and how much, you know, how much, right. how much they do every day, but they could easily just show up to something and it's, and it's kind of nothing, you know, uh, yep. you know, EMS, generally speaking, if, if they're called out, 911 has been called and no one dials 911, you know, flippantly. So these guys are showing up to car crashes with kids in them, car crashes with that, you know, just an innocent family, you know, was, was just going to the beach today and didn't make it because now they're on a head-on collision. Someone's dad had a heart attack and the whole family's there crying, hoping that, you know, hoping that dad makes it and they don't save them all and they can't save them all, you know? And I can just only imagine the things that those guys see and deal with, and really to me, kind of lines up more with PTSD um, and performance anxiety. Thinking I didn't save the last guy, you know, and you know, can I save the next guy? You know, is it me? Um, just so the more I look into it, and the more stories of theirs I, I hear, uh, it's just the EMS community is. I don't know. I I, uh, I get real passionate about that particular community. All right. So we have our guest Brent Tucker on today from First Responder Coffee Company. How are you doing today? So far, so good. Awesome. So I did not have a chance to meet you in person, uh, but Patrick Adams and then Josh Best were out uh, with Hooten Young uh, and and or Hooten, I always get this wrong. Norm Hooten and Tim Young, right? Their their brand and their names get too mixed up in my <laughs> mind. Uh, but out in Georgia, and you were out there. How did you? How do you know those guys? What was that connection that brought you out there? Um, a lot of people think it's from uh, from from Norm Hooten because we were both at the unit together. Um, but uh, actually, it's uh, through Tim Young. Okay. Uh, Tim, Tim Young lives in Central Florida, uh, just a couple towns over from me. And we have mutual friends. So I actually know Tim Young. And uh, ironically enough, even though me and Norm were both in the Delta Force together, but at different times, uh, it was Tim Young who introduced me to, to Hoot. Very cool. Yeah, it's a small world. Right. It is a small world. Did you know Norm at all in the back or from your past or or was this just, no, just through Tim? Yeah, we uh, he was he was a block hawk down guy, so he he'd have been there, uh, you know, before I was. So our 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 careers didn't uh, didn't overlap, but uh, I for sure knew who he was. Right. Um. He uh, he didn't know who I was, but uh, he he uh, he, he should have. <laughs> well, I mean, if we ask him, I don't know if we'll have the same answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was I was a big deal. I don't know why he hadn't have heard of me, but uh, but he does now. That's funny. So first responder coffee company, I want to get the full story of the company. But before that, I want to take it back to your your background, how you ended up having a passion for serving first responders and the way that you do with first responder coffee. So where did your career start? How did you end up in military law enforcement? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I put, put in 20 years in service, uh, half of that as a Green Beret, the other half of the Delta Force. And um, as, when I got out, um, I really just kind of wanted to decompress and not jump into another job. Um, sure. and I kept on having friends, you know, kind of call me or reach out to me and say, Hey, we're, we're teaching this SWAT team. 
would you come out and help us? So I had several friends that were teaching SWAT teams across the, the country at the time. And um, so I would go help them. And, uh, and just, so that's where the law enforcement interaction began. Um, and it really started to show real quick. They have a lack of funding. Even SWAT teams have a lack of funding, which surprised me. I don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't expect them to be mini Delta Force teams and sure. have an unlimited budget. I, I went in with a complete, what I thought was realistic understanding of, of their capabilities and their budget. And it was just completely underwhelming. And then when you get close you know, to, to that community, now I'm one step closer to the patrolman community who are the cops showing up to these, you know, these school shootings and these right. active shooters. And you find out they have almost no training when it comes to this, and they truly have zero budget. Um, so just entering into that world got me closer to law enforcement and, and the people who actually show up, the true first responders. Mm -hmm. um, and it just... It, it hurt my heart, to be honest with you, to see how, you know, how they're treated, you know, how they could have a bad day or they could be put in a real tough situation and then have it recorded for the world to see. Now, right. No other job, no other, what other job has has that sort of pressure? You know, I, I worked at the at the highest of levels and no one was recording me and then blasting out on the news if I ever had a bad day. So that really started like driving my passion to to support this community. Yeah, the pressure they're under is crazy. And then the expectation to say, you have this much time to train, you have, here's, like you said, here's your budget, super underfunded, good luck, don't mess up. <laughs> exactly. It, this, this, the, the cards are absolutely stacked against them. And the, you know, the biggest irony of it is their biggest critics if, in my opinion, if they were put in that same situation, would have made the same decision or a worse decision. Yet sure. they have no problems, you know, you know, throwing rocks at the the guys who are actually on the ground protecting communities every day. So do I just think, have an issue with that. Do you think there was a time where that wasn't the case? That's something I've always wondered because, like, the way politics have swung have created this culture like the whole defund the police thing and yeah I, just I everything is anti-gun anti-law enforcement anti-safety yeah um, I, I absolutely believe that that there was a point in time that wasn't the case um i know this is probably a, a whole other podcast but you know that the 24-hour news cycle and social media has really given a voice to people who normally wouldn't had a voice and that and that sounds like a good thing Right. And there are and there are definitely areas where that is a really good thing, um, but and not not in all cases. So now you have someone who I'm generalizing, but you have yep. a whole group of people who sit around all day, don't have anything better to do, and they will just hound people on social media and stir the pot um, when we you didn't really have that avenue before. So yeah, I, I think it's I think it's changed uh, because of that. It's kind of amazing what people will say online versus say to someone's face. Oh, ow. Abs absolutely. Because those, those right. conversations just go a completely different direction in person. No, but 100%. Um, was, okay, so your, so your exposure to law enforcement, was that primarily in a police department? Because I believe you are in 
law enforcement now, or am I getting that wrong? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not currently in law enforcement. Um, I'm just. Uh, I, uh, I, I actively still train them. Um, okay, that's it. I'm a, I'm a part of a, a nonprofit called Blue Force Strategies, and we we go out and we raise money to train cops for free. Um, that's one. That's one of the things I do. Actually, that's that's really one of the um, kind of catalysts to make me start this because we have that nonprofit. I don't really like asking people for money. It's not, it's not how I'm wired. Um, and, and people will try to make me feel better about it. Like, Hey, they're, they're rich people. They, they have to give money. They're going to give money to someone. Um, and, and, and that may be true, but it doesn't make me feel better. Uh, so I basically created this idea first responders coffee company to raise my own money for, you know, for our own causes. Um, so that's, that's, that's my active tie into the, uh, law enforcing community, which, which I, 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 I try to do less. Cause I really think if I concentrate more on this, we can do bigger things through this sure. coffee, coffee, is such a huge, huge, uh, medium. Um, so I'm trying to train less, um, and, you know, focus on, on growing this more. Cause I honestly, honestly think I can do more good with this. Although training is is a lot it's a lot more fun going out there and hanging out with the guys and, right. uh, and training than it is than it is uh going to shows and no offense doing interviews <laughs> and and getting the word out but uh, i think this is where i need to be and where i can do the most good was that is that training company is that something i still have and is there a team that's doing yeah, that or is that just just a project you're yeah it's just working on uh, it's, it's a project me and Soli working on. It's a nonprofit, so it's 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 not necessarily a, a, a you know what I would consider a training company. Um, so and I'm still on the board of it, but I'm a, I'm a non-paid board member. Uh, okay. That's once once I started getting into the nonprofit world, it's uh, it's a little disheartening to see there's a lot of people making a very good living in the nonprofit world, and right. um, I, I just. Starts, uh, makes you start to question what nonprofit means. It, it sure does. <laughs> and it didn't really sit well with us. Um, so uh, our uh, almost all of our board members are um, are unpaid positions and the few paid positions are are very low considering uh, who, who's sitting in that position. Sure. So why coffee? How did that start? Was that something you, you had a passion for before or, or was this? Yeah, the. Just purely looking at it from a business model, um, I had owned a small business before. Um, we made custom flags. They, they looked they looked like old antique wooden flags, and we had laser engravers and three D printers that put, you know, custom logos on them. And it was a really cool project um, and a really cool small business. Um, solely speaking from a business aspect, it was a horrible business model. Okay. Uh, you couldn't scale up. Everything was very custom. Um, it took a lot of time. Um, it just, you know, the 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 basic when you when you added up all your time and and uh, and the price of it, your price per hour just wasn't there. But I'll tell you, it was really cool doing woodworking uh, for a living. So kind of, so it wasn't that uh, that big of a deal. But it taught me a lot about business, and it taught me a lot about you know the logistics of business, payroll, taxes. Um, and you know, when it comes to anything, it, it taught me what I didn't want to do, uh, as well, which is just as easily, just as an important lesson. Um, so when this came out and we're like, Hey, let's, let's raise our own money. Um, 
that that those those hard lessons learned kind of stuck with me. And I'm like, well, we're not going to do something custom and we're not going to do something that we can't scale up. If we want to do this, if we want to do a whole lot of good in the world, it has to be something that we can produce, scale up um, and and easily ship, easily make. And it has to have a, a wide range of a, of a customer base. Well, coffee fits all that. Um, but that's not the only reason uh, that I picked coffee. Um, we were also, you know, sitting there just thinking of, of of different ways, and of course, you know, Black Rifle, you know, comes to mind and how big they are, um, and it just got me thinking. They're doing great, and a lot of people ask me, "Hey, hey, why didn't you do uh, like a military themed coffee? You know, you're from the Delta Force. There's there's no reason to go head to head with Black Rifle. They have the military, you know, market, the gun bro market mm-hmm. on lockdown. Um, so. But when it came to the people we were training, first responders, um, there's really no real player in that space. So that's something I was thinking about when I was looking at the brand and I was like, there, like you said, there's brands like Black Rifle and there's there's so many out there that are kind of doing that same thing, but they all seem to be geared towards military yeah. rather than law enforcement. And I haven't I don't think I've seen one that's yeah, focusing on what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's and inevitably someone will say, "Hey, don't don't you think that's a, a crowded market? You know, I think that's a good idea to get in coffee. Everyone's doing coffee." And then I usually just turn right back and say, "Oh, I was, you know, well, will the name a uh, first responder or a police or a firefighter coffee?" And then they sit there and like, "Oh, well, well, I can't." I say, "Well, it must not be as as a crowded market as 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 you thought it was," and it right. kind of makes them realize, "Oh, you're right." Now, now that I'm in this market, I, you know, I could name five or six different brands, you know, off the top of my head of, of people in this space. Mm-hmm. But um, we intend, uh, you know, we intend to, to go as big as we can. Um, so I don't think anyone's occupied that space at the level it should be occupied at. There's there's millions of first responders throughout the country on top of, you know, millions of retired first responders, the first responders, uh, you know, spouses, first responders, family. It gets into the millions. It's a it's a massive market, and if this market, I really think, realized who they are and what they're capable of, if they get together and support each other, we really could uh, raise a significant amount of money to put back into first responder causes. Um, it's probably not the it's probably not the best uh, sales pitch, but it's a it's it's not about the coffee. Right. It's about the, the coffee is the vehicle to do good, you know, and I just don't know of another uh, product, to be honest with you, that I think reaches as many people, that as many people are connected with and at a price point people are willing to pay to do, you know, these good things. Um, and of course, I'd, I'd be, uh, it sounds like I'm just, I don't care about the coffee. We have great coffee. It's small. I was batch. gonna say as long as the coffee's good, right? That's right. Yeah, it's small batch roast. It's 100% arabica coffee. It's from Brazil. Uh, everyone always comes back up to us and like, hey, that's really good coffee. Uh, and deep down, every now and again, it, I wouldn't say I'm offended by it, but I'm like, well, why are you surprised? It's good coffee. Well, yeah, what what do you think? We're just gonna put you know bad bad coffee in a bag and 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 hope for the best. So. Uh, I believe the brand and the cause will get me my first customer, but it'll it'll take good coffee to get a repeat customer. Right. And and to do the good things we want to do, we have to have repeat customers. So we're we're super proud of the coffee, 
and we're super proud of uh, what uh, what we stand for and, and what we're doing. It's interesting in, in these spaces or in like whiskey or cigars and that whole that whole yeah. thing. Yeah. You can have a super cool story behind a brand. And if the product's just not good, you're just like, that was a good, like you said, a good first purchase. <laughs> right. Hey, and I, I've seen it the other way. I've yeah, seen people it because the, that's right, that the branding is so good and they don't really like the product, but they just love the branding so much. They'll 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 keep buying it. So obviously, I, I think uh, when you want to occupy this type of space and the level that we want to occupy it is you, you have to have both. Sure. Do you for the uh, the nonprofit side of this, for the, the giving side of it, do you have a program you're you have set up for how you donate the proceeds? Oh, yeah. So. Oh. We'll, uh, so we have the, the, the different bags. Um, we have a firefighter bag, a police bag, a sheriff bag, and an EMS bag. It really covers the, the basis of first responders. Okay. And depending on which bag you buy, 20% of the retail profits go to that organization. Very so cool. let's just talk um, poli- uh, law enforcement, you know, that, that vertical. Um, we have... We have two things that we do for charity. Um, we always we will always have a special project, and right now the special project is Deputy Altman. Um, he lost his house during the hurricane, um, and of course the irony of it is, as a first responder, he was on call out saving other people from the hurricane the whole time. As he's losing his own house during the hurricane, he's got a wife, nine kids, and three dogs. You know. And they're slowly packing up the house and going into, uh, you know, an evacuation plan while dad's out serving the community. The, the, the whole thing just you know, breaks my heart. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, he's having a battle with insurance right now. Insurance is saying they're not going to claim it um, or you know, not going to uh, approve his, his, his claim. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's pretty confident he'll, he'll win that, uh, that battle. But even if he does, it's going to cost him probably tens of thousands of dollars to stay somewhere until that happens. Um, you know, get back. It, it's just, it's just a, it's just a bad situation. So mm-hmm. um, it's our company's uh, commitment that we've made to ourselves that before Christmas time, we're going to cut that family a $10,000 check. Um, so when we go to, we went to SWAT roundup recently. Uh, we've been, we went to a canines United uh, law enforcement dog competition. When we go to those shows, Proceeds from those shows go to our special projects fund. Um, we also have a grand opening uh, that'll be this Friday. We'll have an auction and you know all those proceeds, and we'll we'll keep going until we raise that ten thousand dollars. And as soon as we cut that family a check for ten thousand dollars, we're going to find another uh, uh, another special project that we think ten thousand dollars can uh, you know can positively affect a family. So that's. That's half of it. The other half for law enforcement, um, and most of those funds are raised again through uh, uh, events, shows, and you know charitable uh, events that we have. Sure. When it comes to the bag sales specifically themselves, and twenty percent of the retail profits, uh, we do what's called um, we call them our, our the coffers, where we keep on filling up our charitable coffers. And um, we're going to start a grant program where if a law enforcement officer wants to go to training and his department says, no, you can't go, we don't have the funding, they can apply to our grant 
and we'll step in and pay for that training uh, for them. So that's that's what we're trying to do for for on the law enforcement side because I think you know uh, our three our three verticals for charity is training, equipment, and mental health. Um, so for law enforcement, training to us is really the where we want to focus the most. Um, the other two we will absolutely cover down on. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I just got uh, uh, connected to a representative for Hook a Hero for mental health. They're already in that space. So for them, uh, you know, if we run across those, we're just there's no no reason to reinvent the wheel. They're already right. doing great work in that. We'll just help pay for, you know, uh, and support them for anyone that that goes through their program. So you're so it's a lot. We have a, we have a yeah. lot going on and we have we have big goals in, in that aspect. But again, it goes back to my prior conversation. Uh, if, you know, if, uh, if we get enough support that we think we, sh we should have, as long as we get the message out, we'll be able to do all that and more. How can people, so they can support you guys and they can support the projects you're doing by buying the coffee. Yeah. Right? So, um, uh, and you know, we, we make, uh, we, we don't, we don't hide our, our charitable, uh, causes and efforts and intentions right on the, the on the, on the website, frccoffee.com at the like the third page down uh, is is the Altman family and the special project. Um, you, there's a donate button. You can donate right to that. The donations don't don't come to to um, uh, the the coffee company. We have a whole nonprofit you know set aside to ensure that all the money gets funneled right to the nonprofit. Um, so donations for the Altman family go right to that. Um, uh, otherwise, yeah, everything's getting raised through. Um, coffee sales and and not just coffee sales our, our commitment is every every bag every t-shirt every hat if it leaves our store it's getting tagged with a with a charitable cause is the only way for people to purchase online or do you have facings in stores or how does that work right now no. so uh we're a new business a, a new company we, we just launched uh, november 15th um which was yesterday for whenever this airs um and the business plan has us doing all online retail sales initially, um, but like any plan, um, nothing uh, nothing survives first contact. Right. So uh, we still have that and going strong. We have you know we have about a dozen uh, social media influencers that are first responders pushing out the message. So that's that's one avenue we have at uh, at sales. The other one is we have an associations program and we partner with associations and we said, Hey, if we want to raise money, why? And, you know, and put it back to a good cause. Well, there's already associations doing that and they know the needs, of their community better than anyone else. That's probably the whole reason they're an association. So we, we partner with associations. We'll just take canines United, for instance, a great, great foundation that raises money for law enforcement canine handlers. Um, those guys need special leashes, special equipment, uh, sensors that, that let them know when they're, uh, when the inside of their car is getting too hot. Almost half of the dog fatalities this year happen from heat exhaustion. So they're, they're doing some great things. So we partnered with them and they send out an email to all their members and they say, Hey, we've partnered with FRCC. Go to their website, use K9s United at as a promo code at checkout, 
And when you do, 100% of the retail profits get donated back to our organization. So when their members go to our website, they pay, they pay retail price. But when they put in that promo code, I can track it. And I give a large donation of that sale back, back to Canines United. So with that program alone, we'll be raising thousands of dollars for foundations. Um, and we have, I mean, I'll throw out a bunch of uh, foundations that you may or may not know about, but you know, ODMP, Officer Down Memorial Page, they're a huge foundation that helps uh, you know, uh, fallen law enforcement officers and their families. Um, NTOA, which is a National Tactical Officer Association, they're a, if you're in law enforcement, you know who NTOA is. Um, the LAPD Association, uh, everyone knows who LAPD is. Yeah. So we have the association program is going well, and we're going to raise a lot of money for our associations. That's the second uh, vertical of, of, uh, of business force. And the last one is retail stores. We are getting into gun shops. Um, and we are getting into training facilities. We're in about five or six large training facilities uh, throughout America. And that, that list grows literally every day. So we are getting into retail stores. Um, and uh, I think our, our plan this year is to be in the 500 gun stores before, uh, before the end of 2023. So we have some audacious plans, but uh, everyone, that hears, everyone that hears our mission, sees our product, tastes our coffee, I hate to say it, I'm waiting for it to uh, for it to start getting tough, but sure. you know, everyone that hears the message gets you know is on board. Um, we just need to figure out ways to for more people to hear it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I was I was at a gun store, uh, gosh, maybe two three weeks ago, and they have it wasn't Black Rifles Coffee. It was I forgot whose it was. Um, it was another one of those that are military specific. Yeah. But they were talking about how their store, their store's mission is to have a place for law enforcement to train. And I was like, there's there's so many opportunities here. Not saying that the military side should be neglected, because that absolutely needs to be taken care of. But like what you right. said, the first responder, uh, police officer, fire, EMS. Yeah. Well, um, well, I mean, let's 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 be candid about that conversation. I mean, I I. I this isn't Vietnam, you know, this, well, I, I feel like the, the nation has been really, really good to our military for a really long time. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I kind of think as Americans in general, whenever something's done wrong um, to any individual or group of people, you know, we carry that on our back for a long time as a nation. Right. Uh, we, we have solved the appreciation for, for military problem. Am I saying, hey, it's solved. We shouldn't, you know, we, we don't have to appreciate our military anymore. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, I, I, I served, of the time I was in the military, for almost two decades, I was at war. I mean, that was, that is unheard of, you know, for the rest, you know, from the rest of our, our history. Right. And never did I come home and feel like I wasn't appreciated. Um, could I, at, at times in my career, well, earlier on, not later on, could I have had better equipment? Could I have had more training? Yeah. Did I have what I needed to do my job? I did. Um, so I think it's a drastic difference between our military and, and, our, and our law enforcement. There is a massive gap between the two. Um, 
And, the, and at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I said this to someone at SWAT Roundup just the other day. Uh, they were like, but why, you know, why law enforcement? You know, why didn't you, know, you could have been a government contractor for, you know, for, for, for big money and, and done anything you wanted to do with, with your resume. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it kind of summed up when I told, I said, hey, when my, you know, when my family needs it, when my family needs protection, the Delta Force isn't coming to my home and helicopters and protecting my family. Law enforcement is who we're going to call. And those, that's who's going to come to my home. Um, you know, especially if I'm not home, you know, that's, that's who's coming to protect my family. If my family gets it, if my wife and kids get into a car accident tomorrow on the way to practice, Delta force medics aren't coming to save my family and take them to a hospital, you know, you know, EMS is, is who are going to save my family. So I just think, um, just, just because, uh, you know, there's a few videos out there floating around of some cops making some tough decisions. You know, somehow that uh, that's neglected our uh, our. Um, I shouldn't even say neglected. That's you know that's that's cause for us not to fully understand and appreciate what what this uh, sect of community does for us. I, I I don't buy it, and 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 I won't. So it's, yeah, the this. narrative even to like to kids is is shocking with how shocking. how we talk about law enforcement. We were watching. Uh, I can't remember the name of the show. But it, it, there were, it was a, the setting was in a school. They're trying to get this like fifth grader to behave in class. And someone's like, let's play good cop, bad cop with this kid. And then the other teacher involved said, you mean bad cop, bad cop? Because there are no good cops. And then this is a show of like a family. Yeah. And, and it's like, and it goes right back to what I said. And, and, you know, you know who she's going to call when when she when she hears someone prying on her window in the middle of the night. Right. She's going to call those bad cops that she that she'll say that in the classroom. But when she needs someone the most, she will call them and she will 100 percent expect them to show up and risk their lives on her behalf. Yep. It's it's yeah, the narrative needs to change it. But yeah, it's funny. People will say what whatever they want, whatever's trending about law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, like, yeah, that's who they're going to call. That's one hundred percent. And obviously, we, we we've seen um, exactly what the defund police movement has done. Crime in every major city has spiked up twenty and thirty percent. People are absolutely besides themselves with what's going on. And most of those people now have decided maybe that wasn't the the best idea. Yeah, yeah. It turn, yeah. turns out when you take people's resources away, that are responsible for protecting your life it doesn't end well you you can't make it up like there are two biggest points whereas you know we need we police need better training we need uh we need better trained cops and the same people saying that are also saying let's defund the police well yeah you can't have both the the alternative too is was interesting my wife was a social worker for the county and she worked for comprehensive community services and then cps and so she'd have to go on house calls just to these crazy situations. She's like a five, six blonde walking into situations that no one should walk in except armed law enforcement. Right. And then now the narrative turned defund the police, send social workers, send a social worker. Oh, I, yeah, that's why would you, why? Yeah, <laughs> it's, I, it's a worse I, decision. And then I, at the county level, 
they're also underfunded. So it's I, like, I, I, it's funny. You, I forgot that they had mentioned that as a uh, as as a possibility or or an answer. Yeah. Um, ask those social workers if they want to show up to those calls. I, oh, that's, I, absolutely I, not. I don't. I don't think that answer was coming from social workers. Uh, so it's it's funny again. People who don't have to execute the things they're promoting have those answers all, you know, obviously have those answers. So people who don't have to show up, you know, to uh, uh, to a guy who's resisting arrest and has a gun in his waistband that you're wrestling with, those same people who don't have to do that job will tell people how they should do that job. Well, yeah. the same people who aren't social workers are more than willing to tell social workers to show up to a family fight and a custody fight where, you know, where knives have been, you know, pulled out and mm -hmm. people are at their highest emotional status and have a social worker come in and, and solve that situation. Just it's a crazy expectation. It's a crazy expectation you, to say to say the least. You mentioned mental health earlier. Why do yeah. you think that's been I don't think it's been neglected with military, but I think it's been relatively neglected with law enforcement. And even like like now, to take it back to my wife's situation, she's a therapist for the National right. Guard for Wisconsin. Okay. That's a she's done that for eight months now. So it's pretty new. But even just that exposure is kind of proving like these units, National Guard units, just military as a whole, yeah. is by however you define it, attempting to work with soldiers. Right. find solutions for them and there's a bunch of nonprofits out there that are working with them um but police specifically and SWAT and fire like yeah why well, is that not I I, I don't know I it it's another thing that just hasn't I, I think translated well um from from military to, to law enforcement which is the mental health aspect um the and if you really if you think if you really think about it, it's EMS that actually comes to mind the most when it comes to mental health for me. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. It, it goes back to um, these guys have their have have their hardest their hardest days put on video. Well, usually when something like that happens, I'm not saying all the time, but if we rewind that and we find out, hey, you know, sometimes you'll hear interviews like, man, that that guy never acts like that. He's usually a really nice guy. He's pretty docile. You know, just man, you know. That guy hit the hit the suspect, just pushed his buttons. Well it's the same thing they say about a serial killer, though. Yeah, you know, they, right. they're a pretty nice guy, but right. Well, did the suspect push his buttons or did he show up today, you know, with a bad with bad mental preparation of just months and months and months of this job wearing him down? Yeah. Where he constantly, I mean, if you think about police officers, they're they're not every day the people they interact with is usually not the best of our society. You know, if they're dealing with them, they're dealing with them for a reason. So every day, these guys have to work with people in our society that, that, you know, don't abide by the law, probably have no respect for police officers. And you think at some point, um, he doesn't carry that home, you know, to, to his wife and kids. And then now that's having, you know, a, an effect on his life. Mm -hmm. And just it just wear and it just wears someone down. And at some point, he's going to show up to work and not have the best day at work. Right. And it'll and it'll and again, it'll be recorded for everyone to see. So mental health, um, 
really to me in law enforcement, I'm not saying they, that they don't have PTSD issues as well. You know, they, they, you know, they see horrible things, but to me, that's the mental health aspect that actually goes back into training and performing is you have to show up mentally prepared, you know, and mentally ready every day. And that job, I, I go on a ride along almost every month. Uh, and I, and I see what these guys deal with and I, and I, and they're always, they always look at me and like, you know, you know, sorry, another boring night, you know, you know, we didn't get into a shootout tonight. Uh, right. I, I don't expect, again, like I, I don't expect them to get in these crazy shootouts and it to be like a, a target from the Delta force every night. What amazes me every time is their patience with people and the people they deal with and how they're treated. It amazes me because I am not wired to do that job yet. They do it day in, day out. It's, yeah, the, the time under tension. I think that's probably how I'd phrase it. Yeah. To be able to perform that way is. And now when you talk about PTSD, you know, our EMS line, I, I, I hate to say it. I mean, we have an EMS line because they're part of first responders. But, you know, as I wanted to launch this business and make sure that, you know, we, we cover the basis because every one of these, every one of these, uh, um, every one of these first responder communities, firefighters, EMS, law enforcement do amazing things every day. I think EMS at the end of the day is probably the most underappreciated um, of the first responders. These guys show up every day to someone's worst day. You know, mm -hmm. uh, again, obviously I've shown how much respect I have for law enforcement and how much, you know, how much, right. how much they do every day. But they could easily just show up to something and it's and it's kind of nothing, you know, uh, yep. you know, EMS, generally speaking, if, if they're called out, 911 has been called and no one dials 911, you know, flippantly. So these guys are showing up to car crashes with kids in them, car crashes with that, you know, just an innocent family you know, was was just going to the beach today and didn't make it because now they're on a head on collision, you know someone's dad had a heart attack and the whole family's there crying, hoping that, you know, hoping that dad makes it, you know, and they don't, and they don't save them all and they can't save them all, you know, and I can just only imagine the things those guys see and deal with. And really to me kind of lines up more with PTSD um, and performance anxiety thinking I didn't save the last guy, you know, and, you know, can I save the next guy? You know, is it me? Um, just so the more I look into it and the more stories of theirs I, I hear, uh, it's just the, the EMS community is, I don't know, I, I, uh, I get real passionate about that particular community. I like how you phrase that, though. They show up every day to someone's that's, worst day. That's right. Like every, that's Every day to someone's worst day. And, and every now and again, someone, you know, because of the call volume and, and priority list, a cop may take a while to get there, depending on right. what it is. Uh, I've unfortunately had to call 911, you know, for uh, for for one of my babies that was choking. They were there in like 45 seconds. It was actually amazing. Um, uh, it just and so you know when you call them, they're they're there. It's right. uh, so, um, and I've talked to a few of them. And, you know, I had to learn about what their needs were. It's like, hey, like you know, what do you guys need? Like mental health, you know, hits you know, uh, you know, hits my radar uh, really quick. But what do you guys need? And some of them, some of the larger city ones are, are fairly well funded. Um, 
And then you find out it, it gets a little bit complicated. Some paramedics come from fire stations, some come from hospitals, some are privately owned. But you get wild answers from, oh, we have really nice stuff. We just see really bad stuff every day. The others are like, yeah, our ambulance is held together by duct tape. Um, and so they have bad equipment issues and they have to deal with you know, the things that they have to deal with. So um, you know, we, we get a, ra a wide range of, uh, of answers when it comes to, to EMS. How do you think the general public, uh, I guess, can be a better support? So there's programs like you have for first responder coffee. Mm -hmm. um, but outside of that, like, what do you think is missing or what do you think can be done to either bring awareness or right. support? I, I, would, I would just say just that awareness. You know, it, it's, it seems like a simple answer. Um, and it seems like, well, what does that do when it comes to, to certain Certain answers of awareness bug me because I'm like awareness. That's all. That's all you can think to do for for someone. Right. Um, and this particular answer, uh, or this particular question, awareness is the answer. You know, if and what's odd is people people know this deep down. Like, so it's not like awareness is teaching them something they need to learn. They know that paramedics do this every day. It's just one of those like subconscious things that happens. Uh, but when you bring it up and put it in their face, they're like, you don't have to sell it to them and explain to them what paramedics are doing every day. They know mm -hmm. it. They just have to hear it and connect those dots and be like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because everyone has, just like I do, everyone has a story in their family of an ambulance coming to save someone in their immediate family or friends. You know, and they immediately jump, they immediately jump to that uh to that to that incident uh so it's not a hard sell and it's not a it's not something you really have to educate someone on they just have to hear it and be reminded of it uh, yeah i mean yeah it needs to go to the forefront of their mind uh, every now and again and so on you know, honestly that's it goes back to hey you know we're 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 telling that story we're we're pushing that um you know let's get behind first responder causes and businesses and you know the more the more they grow so will the story. Yeah. So we will do, we'll do everything out that we can to get the word out about what you're doing. And then just the general, like bring awareness to, to what's going on uh, yeah. specifically with law enforcement, EMS, fire, um, your website, yeah. frccoffee.com. That's where yep. people can find you. frccoffee.com. Uh, and then is there a, well, we can talk about this after, but I'd like to figure out a way that, we can send people your direction um, so you can track that and and we can hopefully get something going and bring you business and then bring uh, some some funds to the projects you're working on. Yeah, that would, it'd be it'd be greatly appreciated. Um, I can't thank you enough uh, for having me on the podcast. And oh, thank you. And I'm, and I'm sure in the day, uh, you know, I, I get these opportunities uh, every now and again, and people just really want to talk about my, my Delta Force past. But uh, obviously, what I'm passionate about right now is my next phase of life and helping yep. first responders. And uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll see where that takes us. Very cool. I'm excited to, about what you guys are doing and where you're going and and the good work you're doing. Thank you, sir. So awesome. Thank you.